Welcome to Safety Help with Tony Collins. Join him to learn how to improve workplace safety to be legally compliant, win more contracts, and increase profits. Hi listeners and welcome back. This podcast is actually part of a series I have produced that explains how to set up your own safety system. The audio is taken from a video training course which is available for free from my website www.safetyhub.co.nz but you know I know some people like the podcast format which is probably you know why you're listening now but if you do prefer video or even want to buy the product that goes with the course it's all on the website and the details are there but let's get into this particular chapter right away emergency readiness you must have an emergency plan in place relevant and tailored to your workplace and remember this video is all about helping you develop a relevant, tailored health and safety program for your business and what you do. For example, I was part of the initial investigation team that deployed down for the Anzac Iroquois crash in 2010. Now, we had a very quick response, and the only way we could do that is that plans were in place and they were well-practiced. The investigation phase I will talk about in the next chapter but right now we're going to focus on your emergency response. By the end of this chapter then, you are going to have a tailored emergency management plan for your business. We will identify what could affect your business and only focus on what could affect you and then write a plan around these possibilities. However, the best plan is to actually focus all your energies on preventing an emergency. Uh, I, I suppose it's pretty obvious, uh, but what I see is so many companies out there having an evacuation plan in place for fires and first aid kits within their workplace, but they actually forget about the hazard management, and we're going to cover that later. Uh, so I just want to re-emphasize though, prevention or hazard and risk management is so much more effective than dealing with the fallout of an emergency if it does occur. Having said that, you may have done everything in your power to prevent potential hazards developing into emergencies, but something else occurs that you weren't, you didn't predict, or a natural disaster occurs, and that's when you need plans in place, because you need to know who is responsible for certain actions and what your, your staff should be doing and where they need to go. I had this concept of Preparation drilled into me during my time with the Air Force and my pilot training. The training was always highly regarded, and I think in part because we were continually drilled, and it felt like we were hammered, actually, in emergencies. And they became more and more layered and complicated, and they could happen at any time. And then it happens for real. On Wings Corps, let me give you an example. Uh, on Wings Corps, certainly for me anyway, a major goal is going on your first solo, low-level flight in a jet, in this case a Mackie, which basically means you're given the keys to this jet and you're going to be flying by yourself at 250 feet above the ground at a minimum of 550 kilometres per hour. Boy, that was a real goal. Now I'm going to show you some real footage from a little camera that is also plugged into the intercom and radio and it sits in the front of the jet and on this particular day, it was my first flight, uh, solo, low-level rather, and I was at a turning point just north of New Plymouth when the engine basically just wound back. 
So the engine wound back and all the training kicked in and I knew automatically what to do. Convert all the forward speed into height, set up for a glide and then try and get the engine going, put out a mate call. Fortunately, I didn't have to eject into water and got the engine going at 1,000 feet and finished by gliding from about 2,500 feet to land at New Plymouth Railway. I've edited the actual footage from 15 minutes down to one minute and I've overlaid little descriptions and had to, you know, kind of bleep out some certain commentary, but I'm sure you'll understand why. <laughs> and there's our point. 35. New Plymouth Tower Hotel, November Lima. 54. Hotel November Lima, New Plymouth Tower. Hotel November Lima is about uh, five miles south of the uh, field at this time. I'm at uh, 1,000 feet. We're just airborne on the, uh, from the Maryland's area. And I'd like to uh, pass northbound and uh, stay inland from the uh, field. Hotel November Lima, Confirm you'd like to go to Central Hill? Hotel November Lima, we're uh, northbound along the coast to uh, Tahoe with one on board, and uh, I'd uh, just like to stay about four miles out to the uh, south of the airport and uh, transit on up towards uh, final Perusia. Hotel November Lima, Roger. Clear to leave the zone, on track to the north, the south of the aerodrome, south of Motunui. Report uh, beam the airfield, QNH is 1018. Okay, speed to height, speed to height. showing you that video is to show you that things can happen at any time and the unexpected can happen we all know this drilling yourself in more and more complicated and different scenarios allows you to make an automated response and therefore it gives you the capacity to think when the unusual happens you revert back to dealing with the core problem and then you've got the capacity in your mind to start thinking and working through different options. That gives you, in this case, your business, the best chance of survivability in the worst case, because we're talking about business continuity at the end of the day, if you're having to deal with you know, an extreme emergency, or just looking after people, getting them back to work as quickly as possible. So here are the steps we're gonna work through. 
We're going to identify all the potential and relevant emergencies to your business. We're going to develop a plan around them. Then we need to communicate, train, buy equipment, practice the appropriate drills, and then review and debrief, improve on our plan. Step one then, we're going to identify all possible emergencies relevant to your business. Now, as a starting point, I've, I've listed as many as I can down there. And what I want you to do is work through the list and annotate whether they are relevant to your business or not. For example, about a third of the way down there is vehicle accident. If you don't use vehicles in your business, then cross it out and write, we don't have vehicles. This record keeping is really important because it will show an active health and safety system for any future audit or later when you're applying for your ACC discount. If you just mentally tick them off, then there's no proof that you actually went through a process. And if I haven't listed them all down there, if there are some more relevant to your business, then let's put them down there and we'll work a plan for that particular potential emergency. All right, step two then, let's develop a plan to deal with each emergency. Generally, an emergency plan will include some kind of site evacuation, but a site evacuation in itself is not an emergency response plan. Because what you will also need to consider is who is going to take certain actions, what those actions are going to be, and how they're going to go and do those actions. Fortunately, the government have plans and even whole departments that write plans for these emergencies. So to make it easy for you, what I've done is grab the information and put it in the, in the coming slides or in the book that you may have purchased. And to tailor it now to your business, you need to work through the information and decide, having identified the emergencies, what response is relevant. For example, let's look at the fire example. If you work in a building, if you work in a building, then answer these questions. If you answered yes to any of the questions, you need an evacuation scheme approved by the fire service. The link, pro provi the link provides more details. If you work from home, then use the self-employed home-based health and safety manual, which I provided, which includes emergency and fire evacuation tools to help get your family involved. Over the next 30 seconds, I'm going to quickly scroll through all this information. I don't want to talk about it or talk to it. I don't need to. You just need to look at the information and decide if it's relevant to your business. Pause it to have a look, or if you've purchased the accompanying book, then you can just work through it that way. Step three, implement. Pretty obvious, really. The first thing you've got to do is tell people about the plan. You've got to communicate. For example, if you're talking about fire and, you, and what you expect your staff to do, then you need to do it by way of emails, posters, briefings, um, appointing people, training them, signage around the workplace. And don't forget, this has to include your visitors and contractors who arrive at your workplace. You have a responsibility to those, and it's got to be at an appropriate level. I'll talk about contractors and visitors in a later chapter, but the point is you still need to communicate the emergency response plan to those people, in particular if they're going to be in your workplace for a longer period of time. 
There should also be a first aid kit available for people wherever they're working. There are some basic items that should be in every kit, which should take care of most minor injuries. But the kit should also take into account any specific hazards in your workplace. If you work in a low-risk environment, then you can purchase a standard first aid kit or kits. There's a really good document available, First Aid for Workplaces, a good practice guide to work through. Step four, practice drills every six months. Minimum, depends on the type of emergency and the likelihood of it occurring. So let's work your emergency. Remember the story I told you earlier about flying training. Obviously, you don't need to practice daily in most workplaces, but you should practice your emergency procedures at least twice per year. This helps build the muscle memory and get their responses to be more automatic and also helps ensure people who missed out last time or new employees are also covered. Finally, step five. To summarize, we need to work through the following action steps. And remember when you do do these action steps to write down your thinking behind them. We do that so that you've got some future record of why you decided to do certain things and it's important for an audit purpose and perhaps even a future Department of Labor investigation. So working through the action steps then, let's look at number one, identify potential and relevant emergencies. Two, develop the plan. Three, tell people about the plan. Four, practice. And then five, review and improve. And please go ahead and do this right now. There should be some urgency to this because I would hate something to happen tomorrow and you weren't ready for it. And, and also we need to quickly move on to the investigation and reporting phase because this is one area you don't want to get wrong. This has been another episode on Workplace Safety by Tony Collins. For more tips, visit safetyhub.co.nz and join the free newsletter.